Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while 2023, you guys, and I'm winging it. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. That's the website, the Dork Forest, if you like a determiner. Dorkforest.com also works. JackieCation.com has all of my stand-up information. Like, it has videos, it has pictures, it has links to this podcast and to my other podcast with Lori Kilmartin. It has a merch store that has Dork Forest t-shirts. It has all of my stand-up merch and all of my CDs and DVDs. So, that's what you know about websites. There's an opportunity because uh, we're in the new year here that you can donate to the Dork Forest. I don't have a Patreon. I don't have uh, anything really set up, though I understand you can set up on PayPal a monthly if you wanted to. Uh, you could donate and uh, be of uh, to support the show. This is the 17th season, the 17th year I've been putting this stuff out. It's free, but if you have money and would like to throw me some money, boy, howdy. Uh, uh, there's a PayPal. The, uh, there is at my webs at my email address, actually, Jackie at JackieCation.com, which you can also email me and tell me how much you're enjoying the show. You can also do Venmo if you'd like, which is just Jackie Cation, no hyphen, all one word, picture of this, this person, me. And then um, I think that's it. I think I have Zell, but it's too complicated. Other than that, let's do the credits. Patrick Brady, still in, fixing the audio all these years later. Give it up to Patrick Brady. That's what a lot of your donations support, by the way, because I like to uh, share the wealth. And then um, Bill Mose, he does the websites. And Mike Rickberg wrote and sang that song composed and sang that song with his wife now, Sarah. And uh, at the end, he sings uh, the Mexican hat dance, which is always fun. Anyway, I'm sure there's more to it. There's a band camp that has a bunch. It has like a, a, a stand-up storytelling album that was never released. It's uh, There's also a, a bunch of live episodes that many of them are free. There were 200 episodes that were not pre-recorded, and I sort of culled through those, and I pulled like 17 of the best ones. There's an album collection of that, 17 Hours of Dork Forest. If you run through all of the episodes, go to bandcamp.com, Dork Forest, or Google those words and you'll find it. Anyway, there's probably more. I can't remember any of it, but you're doing great. Feel free to enjoy the show. It's happening. It's finally happening, Raja. Is it happening? Yes, it is happening. Hi, my name is Jackie Cation and uh, I'm with me here on the Dork Forest. I don't know why I'm so screaming now. Is uh, Raja Michael, stand-up comic, horror, and to be... Uh, more horror if you're writing horror and you're shooting a short film about horror roger michael uh would like to uh do a lot more horror films is what it <laughs> sounds like uh so roger michael stand-up comic and uh filmmaker it's spelled r-a-j-a uh m-i-c-h-a-e-l one two three on instagram and then uh the name of her short film which is a horror film is on youtube it's called brownie points and oh. Um, called bounding. Wait, no, it's called bonding. Yes, <laughs> and the album's called Brownie Points. Mm -hmm. Guys, let's let's back up and let me get this right. Uh, Jackie Cation, the name of her new album or current album is called Brownie Points, and it's on all the streaming platforms. And then the name of the the short is called Bonding, and it's on YouTube, and it's under Brownie Points Productions. So, if you look on uh, a Bonding, and probably her name, Roger Michael. 
Yes. Right. Uh, turns out you'll find it, and I'll put a link in the in the notes. So we'll we'll. Uh, she has a, a dog who has a cone. <laughs> just had surgery, and she won't um, stay away from me. You know how they are. <laughs> I do. The, I just took the dogs to be cleaned, and for some reason, they will only hang out with me. And I was the one who instigated it. <laughs> anyway, so instigator. Uh, so. Welcome to the program, The Dork Forest. Uh, Roger Michael and I did uh, some sort of talking head thing with uh, Fugelsang, right? John Fugelsang on Sirius a couple yeah. of weeks ago. And uh, it was nice to meet you. And uh, I can't wait to see your stand up. But now, and I sadly will not be watching your horror film because horror films scare me. <laughs> but horror films are your dorkdom. And I've done them before. It's usually around Halloween when I when I have somebody to talk about them. But uh Everybody loves them. And I keep hearing this more and more is that people use it as a way to process their own trauma and their own issues and their own. They're like, no, it actually is very soothing and it makes me feel seen. And all is it like that? It depends on the movie. Some of it is like too much for me. You know, I'm, I'm I have a, like a limit. <laughs> but Fair I think enough. Yeah, some of it. yeah, sometimes because, you know, you think about it, like um, especially when I was growing up in the 80s, 90s, you know, all the movies you watch, it's like, some man having a man crisis about man stuff. And I don't care. <laughs> like the average prestige film. I'm not watching that. Two hours of men having men existential crisis of treating Are women you, bad because of it. <laughs> somehow I think you're talking about Indiana Jones. And, <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> what I love about that answer is that means that you have never seen Indiana Jones. Um, have you ever seen any Raiders of the... Well, so be it. That's one of my dorkdoms. So, if, so you grew up. So, did you grow up watching art horror movies? Men having men crises, or no? Well, a lot of them. Most of the, the best ones are always led have female leads. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I think really. Yeah, yeah. The best, the good ones do. Well, some good ones maybe not, but yeah, majority of the good ones have female leads. It's kind of like for a sexist reason, because you know the leads are supposed to be vulnerable. So these sexist guys. Right. Always get the woman as the lead, but sometimes, you know, something good comes out of it. So. Right. Well, at least, yeah, I mean, at the very least, it's at least women getting work. Yes. <laughs> They're getting and, work. So that's something. and then I just found this out. What a couple episodes about horror films about someone else's dorkdom is that there's always one woman who lives. Yes. The final girl. That's it. That's what it's called. The final girl. And there's a show called, there was a movie called the final girl. I think yes. that this guy really liked, which is what I heard the term. So the first one that, when did you, you also said that you had something when you were a kid uh, called sleep paralysis. Yeah. Do you know about that? No. What is it's that? It's this thing where like when you're sleeping, right. And you're, you're in your REM cycle, you're dreaming. So your body releases like a hormone, I forgot what it's called, but it makes you paralyzed. So you don't walk in your sleep. And your oh. mind is also sleeping. But if you have like, it's just like a physiological thing that sometimes your mind doesn't fall asleep, but your body does. So then you see your dreams, you're awake, and you, but you still see your dreams and they look like they're really there. So right. It's called sleep paralysis. It's just like a, a thing, like a medical thing, you know? Oh, um, weird. So yeah, is it weird. different from lucid dreaming? I think it's somewhere similar. I think it's somewhere on that spectrum. But it's an actual physical reaction. And, and they th maybe that's how they explained lucid dreaming is because what you're doing is you are not asleep, but you're dreaming. Mm -hmm. And thus you're seeing your dream. And you're like, oh, I know I'm awake, but I'm clearly dreaming. So you're yeah, watching your dream kind of go by. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know a lot about lucid dreams, but it does sound like that. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's the same. 
who know who knows what am i uh rockefeller i don't I, I, <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm not like very um like i know my own experience but i'm not super informed about like sleep stuff but i did have this when i was a kid uh, you know when you're a kid if you tell your parents that you see like you think there's a monster in the room they're like being responsible parents they'll tell you it's not real and these put you back yeah but you still see this stuff and then i used to go to this evangelical church when i was oh so Uh-oh. I told this lady, a nice lady at the church that I was having these dreams. So she told me it was like the devil. Like, why would you say that to a six-year-old? I don't know. Nope. <laughs> wow. But yeah, it's just the weird things people say to children. But um, yeah, that is a weird thing to say to a child that it's the, actually the devil. So, but you were having actual, they were, they were lucid dreams or they were dreams. You were in bed. Talk to me here. You're six or seven years old. You're in bed. So you fall asleep and then you you awake, but you can't move and you can't talk because you have you're paralyzed. Like you're supposed to be sleep. You're supposed to be when you're sleeping, right? Okay. So you, so you wake up and you're trying to yell and you're trying to get out of bed, but you can't. So it's like really scary. And then you see, it's always like most people see them like as shadows, like little shadow monsters, or sometimes like somebody sitting on your chest and it's like a lot of pressure. Oh, but wow. so you try to get up and scream and and you know wake up because you think it's really happening and your body's completely still. And you okay. Know, yeah. And I, you don't know how long it is because it feels like hours, but it's probably like three minutes or something. Or it might be three seconds, but it feels <laughs> interminable. Yeah. But then you wake up suddenly after you're done sleeping and you're like, did that really happen? Or was it a dream? Or But in the yeah. moment, it's pretty scary, you know? Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, that is really weird. Um, I would say that I have had such a thing where I've, where, uh, where I've woken up, but I can't move mm-hmm. and I see a shadow in the doorway and it looks exactly. like a person exactly. kind of thing. Or it looks like, and you're like, is there someone in this fucking room with me? And I think Dana Gould used to, was it him who said that he, somebody told me that their parents gave them a blow up clown for uh, a birthday. And then they put it in their room as a treat, as a something to wake up to for, as a gift. And they, it was a terrifying man sized thing when you're a child (laughs) and you just, it's just sort of rock. It it just, it sounds like a nightmare. And then Dana Gould, he stayed at his aunts and there was a, a bust of the Jesus, but with a a ring of thorns, just all in pain on the bedside table. So like on the, on the end table, that's next to the bed. So he would wake up and he would just see, yeah, it was like, those are real. And that sounds like a terrible idea, but it would make an excellent horror film. Yes. Uh, What you were saying about that shadow thing. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. That's sleep paralysis. Okay. All right. Well, and I didn't, I don't have it. I don't have it a lot. And I, and I, I think it still happens at Kate, but it's very rare. And if it happened when I was a child, I bet you I would have been scared out of my uh, yeah, freaking wits. Yeah. So then you see a movie, which mm-hmm. is what made you start liking horror films or yeah. and not not like gross ones or shock ones, mm-hmm. literally just the ones filled with tension. Is that yeah, what I'm like hearing? Stories. I like good stories, you know? <laughs> it's the tension that kills me i don't mind action and if it's bloody that's gross but i'm not that i'm just like whatever but the tense ones are the ones that literally i stand up and i walk out of the room i will watch them from the door sometimes with a little bit of rocking i'm like what's what's gonna and then i'll sometimes watch if i've read how they end Mm. Yeah, yeah. That sometimes it makes it easier, right? Yeah. You know, I watched the haunting of Hill House, and I had to use the bathroom, 
And I kept making Lenny like guard the hallway so I could be. <laughs> if there was a ghost in here, what is me guarding the hallway gonna do, right? Like, right. Shut up and guard the doorway. You love me, guard the hallway. <laughs> Just wait, there'll be two minutes. Like, Just gonna be a couple of minutes. Way, well, now, what's the haunting of Hill House about? Wait, haunting of Hill House. That was a yeah. Netflix show. Uh, there's a there's a book, an old book, but the Netflix show was very different than the book. Um, but it's like a family. They live in a haunted house. Sure they do. And yeah, and then they're adults and they're all messed up from it. So they have to like go back to their childhoods and figure out, you know, all their family dynamics. And it's a drama, yeah. <laughs> lots of drama, but it's a horror, but it was really scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the hilarious thing, like, like I think about, um, like, do you like haunted houses too? Do you like on Halloween going no. to those because that's all jump scare that's yeah, all no, like that. allow me to ruin <laughs> dolls for you or whatever and uh but some people really think that those are i just they like the art of it or they like the set no, design of it yeah, it's not yeah. for me it's like more i like good stories i don't like the, the horror part is not really that interesting to me it's the using horror to express a feeling that you don't have words for or no one would watch if like you know, like there's, there's a lot of things that no one would watch unless it's a horror because that's too serious or too, too gloomy. So you like the psychological arc that they're sort yeah. of addressing in. OK, you gave me a list of horror <laughs> films. What am I learning from this list? Let us begin. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. What am I learning? OK, so that was my first horror movie I saw when I was 10. My cousin, older cousin was babysitting and she let us watch this, which I was not allowed to watch movies like that. But she did, me and my sisters, my other cousins, it was like, we had ice cream, it was like, you know, a whole thing, it was really fun. Uh, In that movie, you know, there's Nancy, who's the lead. It's a teenage girl, not a man having a man crisis. It's actually like a nice, you know, when you're 10, you want to see another girl on TV, you always watch shows about, like, you know, kids shows about boys and stuff. Right. So there's that, and then um, her and her friends are having these nightmares. And the nightmares were coming to life, like like Freddy Krueger is in their nightmares, and he's coming to life and he starts killing children. So Nancy has to figure out why he's in her, her dreams, you know, and she's the she's the final girl. Um, so, you know, as I told you, I had sleep paralysis. So when I watched right. that movie, I was like, somebody understands me. There and it is was, the nightmares. And in this case, you were validated because <laughs> the nightmares were real. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that was great about the movie is, well, there is an ending that makes it seem like he wins. But like the studio made Wes Craven at it, but his real script is when she defeats him, right? By turning her back on him and saying, I'm not scared of you. And she defeats him like that. Um, so so my cousin, when she was telling us, she stopped it there and said, this is how he really wanted to film. So the ending, she beats this like shadow month, like this not, yeah. not so he was Freddy Krueger. He was like a someone who murdered children. So all the parents in the community um, killed him because they couldn't get justice. Right. So he started coming back and hunting their children in their dreams. So, so it's a little different, but then she like turns her back on him and she's like, you, you know, you're nothing. And he disappears. He loses all his power. So then I started doing that when I would have like these nightmares and stuff. And, you know, it really helped me. It was like somebody understood me. You know oh, I mean? It actually crazy, gave but... you a thing to do. You were yeah. just like, and the baby, what a great babysitter. <laughs> what a great way to. Now, why do you think that? What? Well, how did it? How did it end that they made Wes Craven end it different? Why well, does he did. live? Why they did made they... him seem like everything was good and then she goes to see her friends and then he comes back and gets all of them. But they did it so they could get a sequel, you know, to make more money. Oh, yeah. right. But it was because really of money. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> uh, why didn't I guess it? I should have guessed it. Oh, yes. oh, okay. <laughs> but good for your babysitter for freaking stopping it there. What Now, Rosemary's Baby mm-hmm. is one of the religious ones, isn't it? Yeah, the satanic panic. Yeah. 
Oh, satanic panic. (laughs) (laughs) What was I never saw? I've never seen any of these. So what was Rosemary's baby? And what am I supposed to learn from that? Um, I do apologize for bringing it up because we all know the director was a bad person. <laughs> Who was the director? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Roman Polanski. Like, oh, oh, right, right. Oh, was it about incest? Because that was yeah. his problem. Because that was, I saw Chinatown and that was disturbingly disgusting. And yeah. then I learned that he was actually uh, a pedophile. And I was like, mm-hmm. shocking no one. Uh, he's a dirtbag. But yes, I do uh, apologize that it's his film, but he's, he's a- the source material came from somebody else. Uh, right. But in this story, Rosemary, right, she's pregnant. Okay. And she knows there's a conspiracy around the baby. Okay. But everyone's tra- treating her like she's crazy, especially her doctor. Everyone's treating her like she's crazy. She's being gaslit. Um, but really what happened is like, it sounds so silly if you're not watching the movie, but like her husband is an actor and he makes a deal with the devil. Um, oh. He wants an no. acting career. <laughs> Deals with the devil movies? I don't have a problem with those at all. No, I'll watch those all day long oh, yeah? uh, and, and watch how that Henry Phillips has the best. Now, allow me to interrupt every story with an anecdote <laughs> about some stand up comic. Uh, Henry Phillips has the best deal with the devil joke ever. Oh, he yeah, said uh, people ask how uh, he learned how to play guitar. He said, well, I made a deal with the devil. He said, meet me at the crossroads <laughs> and I'll make a deal with the devil. And so I went to the crossroads and he said, OK, and he signs the paper and, the, and then he turns to the devil. And he says, now what happens? And the devil says, well, you meet me here once a week and we work on courts. <laughs> oh, it backfired anyway. So but uh, the actor wants uh, to be a famous actor and so makes a deal with the devil and gives the baby up. No, he lets the devil make his wife pregnant while she's. <gasps> Well, she's kind of like not conscious. Uh, so it's it's rape. And and there's this whole like a coven of devil worshippers who are like all live in the like they move to this building and all these people are in this coven, but they pretend they're not. So she knows something's going on, but no Melrose place of devil coven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then by the end, you know, she is justified because she is right. So it's kind of like when I saw it, it's like, you know, women get that's why I think people think it's weird that women watch horror so much. But there's a reason because so much of our life is like avoiding fear or getting through fear, like walking to your car at light. Like, everything's yeah. a horror movie if you think about it for us. But then she's oh, validated yeah. in the end that she was right. You know, that there were she was she wasn't crazy. She was always sane and she knew what was going on with her. But everyone else was treating her like she didn't. Right. Right. So. Oh, I see why you like these. Because you're just like, no, because you're re- over and over again you're shown i see okay what is hereditary hereditary it's um it's an ari aster film it's really scary i think it's one of the scariest things i've ever seen i'm not going to watch it again because it scared me too <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like a satanic panic film and it's it's really if you think it's about this um this family the grandmother passes but she had made a deal with the demon to get like a male heir for this demon so oh. the family the family doesn't know, but there's this whole like conspiracy with the coven where they're trying to get the, the male grandson. OK, but, uh, it sounds. Yeah. And it sounds silly. But if you watch it, it's very serious. But the whole thing, you see all this like family um, dysfunction. You know, yeah. You know, like that relationship with the mother uh, towards her child. And then she's kind of not a very great mother either. Like because, you know, she has like a kid who has allergies with no EpiPen and walking, you know, but, like so she has like. It's just like you see all this family dysfunction and normally like I'm not like, you know, so I'm not like a prestige film person. I'm going to be honest. I'm not that cultured or sophisticated. What, and if you what, have to just show me. Hmm? What's define a prestige film? Because I don't like know. The kind that win Oscars for 
picture of the oh year. <laughs> oh you mean like oh like well acted dramas yes like the notebook okay yeah those are that's a different person than myself as well a, a lot of rangers of the dork forest enjoy uh, a well crafted drama uh this episode is not about that so this episode but i like the fact that you are just pulling stuff out of it first of all let me back up before i hear about because i do want to hear about this which is you call them satanic panic? Are they just, is that what they're called every time the devil's involved or they're yeah, religious? genre of horror. It's a genre? Okay. Well, that's <laughs> hilarious. And, uh, and then, and then I like that, that it is what you like about it is the story that, uh, that it's about a family. You're like, it is about a dysfunctional. You're like, well, of course it would be the devil's involved. <laughs> for that you're like if you were to remove the devil it might just be a regular drama that you're unwilling to sit through yes because <laughs> it's too depressing yes. so but it's really like it's really good the story is great and that's the thing too like when i was learning to write horror because i love it so much now that i'm writing it yeah and i do a lot of studying of it and the, that was the main thing is that for a really good horror movie the drama portion of it should have should be able to work on its own with or without the horror Right. And if it doesn't, then you don't have a good movie. Right. And but the way that the people process this, like, you know, the 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 problems are real, right? Mm -hmm. There is a mother who is has a favored son mm -hmm. or wants there to be a son or wants there to be a special child and ignores the hell out of the rest of the family and isn't great, right? And so, but the way this is processed, how is this process? Do they end up killing the the son of the devil um no it's how a does it remedy oh is can, it can we can we do spoilers oh my gosh <laughs> i will tell people uh yes feel free. pretty much everyone dies except for the the male uh the male heir that oh the demon yeah the, the, the demon wants everyone else dies and then the demon like possesses the boy because that's what he wants he wants the to possess oh the so I see why you don't want to watch this anymore. You're not given a solution, right? Yeah, too realistic. You know, you can't always solve your family problems. <laughs> your life, I want to escape this. Right. Well, that's, I mean, the thing is, is this, from the pattern I'm seeing is that these are real problems and they give you sort of big, larger than life solutions to mm. them that you can sort of right size in your own life mm -hmm. you know you're having a nightmare mm -hmm. you could say i'm not afraid of you and turn around and walk away from that nightmare well you're not gonna kill them you're gonna <laughs> turn around and walk away from that nightmare right yeah uh, rosemary's baby <laughs> how wait did we figure out how rosemary's baby ended no how did rosemary's oh yeah baby it's very end? sad ending she realizes like her baby is like half demon after he's born oh right, right. oh right she realizes that she's not crazy yeah. everybody else around her is crazy oh, or and, they're making her think she's crazy right and so how uh is the baby cured of its half demon side so it kind of just as a demon baby just oh and she's like well, sometimes <laughs> you have she's a demon horrified and then ends. <laughs> she's horrified then it ends mm, yes Okay, I don't mind that either. Just because <laughs> if you have you met children, yes. like the thing they're like, <laughs> I saw some comic the other night in San Francisco. I did the Throckmorton, and the guy who went up two before me. I think his name is Key Davis, and he was talking about how his daughter is just a piece of shit. <laughs> He's like, she's a mean person. 
She's self-absorbed and horrible. And all I could think was you were you you raised you raised her. How did is it nurture? You're saying it's entirely nature. You're saying that you didn't have anything to do with this. And uh, I don't know. Exactly. Right. But I do know. I, I mean, you look back. I mean, I'm sure there we don't have a psychologist with us. You have two comedians, by the way. I am talking with Raja uh, Michael, who has an album out called Brownie Points that you can listen to anywhere. And a horror movie, uh, a short that she made herself called Bonding on YouTube. And if you were to Google and I'll put a link to it, Bonding and Brownie Points, you would find it on YouTube and then you would watch it and then she would get watches. If so, if you like scary things, do that. Uh, it's but awesome because it did. It won two awards. You know, when we first submitted to festival. Yeah. But it was during the lockdown, so it never got screened anywhere because all oh. of the, the festivals were online. So we didn't get that experience, you know, of having watching it on the big screen and having interactions with other filmmakers at a festival. You know. No. That <laughs> is not okay. So okay, and before we go to the next one, I want to say the people who are writing these movies are they mostly men? Yeah, unfortunately, because it is the reality of all film, kind of. Um, but it's changing a little bit. I'm seeing a few more women being allowed in. All right. Uh, into, the- <laughs> into the inner sanctum <laughs> occupied by the devil. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I will say that it's interesting that, that these guys are writing these dramas that are to process their own fears. Yes. And, and they're casting women... To either be murdered or to be the hero or to be the final girl. And okay, so I was, I thought it was interesting that because I knew it was going to be all guys. Uh, did you, how about Under the Shadow? Oh, Under the Shadow. Um, so that's a Persian language film. Okay. It's really interesting. I've been trying to watch horror movies from other places too, because I know, like, as Americans, we often just watch American media. So I'm yeah. doing my best to like watch other, um, <coughs> other um, from other countries uh, horror movies. And that one, it was made by her, by a man, but he based it on some stories about his mother's life that she told him. Okay, uh, about living uh, like post-revolution in Iran. Um, so the oh wow, yeah. So the lead, uh, she's a doctor, but she's not allowed to. Um, practice medicine because she was uh, a progressive and so, right. so she couldn't uh, practice and she had to like hide her tv and hide her you know so her and her family were more you know they they just were didn't fit the new <laughs> the new yeah yeah and so you know so a lot of the tension comes from the patriarchy that she's dealing with okay um, yeah and it was such an incredible movie because it was super low budget but it was so scary well, like you know because it had a character you really care about and you want to see her win and you want to see her succeed and her and her child. And um, so what is what uh, what is the horror angle or is it just a very tense uh, political thriller? Oh, there's a gin. <laughs> oh, there's, <laughs> there's a, a gin. Yeah, there's oh, a gin okay. that uh, wants to take like is in her home. It's just her and her daughter. They were supposed to leave because of like, the you know, bomb threats or whatever in the area. But she, she was kind of stubborn. She let her husband go. And she said she'll meet up with him later. So it's just her and her daughter uh, in the in the apartment. And mostly everyone in the building is gone. Um, and there's a, she believes there's a gin in there trying to like get them. So that's like the tension of technology, you know, for how she, the tension she's living in and like this patriarchal situation being a very progressive woman with an education. Right. And the gin is, okay, this is going to sound ridiculous, but is he bossy? Like, is he what? Is he, <laughs> yeah, is like he a, taking a, the spot <laughs> of the patriarchy? What is he? It's just, it's like this, this demon that's in the house, right? So it's like the, con- I think it's like not so much that he's, 
the jinn is doesn't really it's not that it she acts like patriarchy it's more like the constant tension she's in you know it's oh, like right and this is like, one more thing <laughs> yeah and now <laughs> one more thing this crazy ass this crazy ass jinn and how does that one end if i might ask um it ends kind of like her and her daughter get out of the building but then you realize it's not over because the jinn is so like you know, yeah, these are right, some the happier gym. stories. <laughs> oh, no, that's OK. But the thing because because uh, what you're liking uh, about that, besides the supernatural element, is the fact that they're revealing this patriarchy, the yeah, fact that they're re- revealing sort of what women or what people have to live through. Uh, and then all of a sudden there's a fucking ghost. Well, why don't you? suck a dick and uh <laughs> turns out i turned this into a blue episode anyway t- uh i did do an episode probably three or four years ago uh of the dork forest about because ch- you were talking about uh non-american non-us uh shot there are very scary uh chinese ghost and vampire movies that are all over your t- youtube uh chinese vampires not scary wait Yeah, I think Chinese ghosts are terrifying movies, I was told. Chinese vampire movies, they hop. So not not scary. Uh, And (laughs) they're funny. (laughs) They're kind of funny because they're just like, is this a hopping vampire movie? Yes, it is. But the ghost ones are actually supposed to be quite scary. And so if you were to want to look into that or. It was a who was that comic? She was she's super funny. I just. I just saw her at the crow. Oh, well, uh, I will Google that and put it in the notes. Uh, uh, so because everyone might enjoy listening to that episode again, or at least looking up uh, whether I'm right, because if you watch a Chinese vampire movie and it is actually terrifying, then I meant that the Chinese ghost ones was funny. <laughs> Sorry. I'll check okay. out I'm excited. Yes. OK, so what's the stepfather? The stepfather. So um, it's a well. There's a remake. I didn't see the remake because I usually don't like the remakes. I didn't bother with it, so I don't know if the remake's good or not. But the original movie, I think, is like from the '70s. Okay. um, So it's the story. There's like this villain who's this man who goes around uh, marrying women. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like he'll already (laughs) know what the uh, the B plot of this one is. Okay. (laughs) He goes around. He'll find like a family, like a woman, a single mother and a child. Yep. And he'll go like sweep her off her feet and marry her. And then but he's a serial killer. So then he kills the family and then moves on to the next family. So oh. he goes on doing this, you know. So then there's like a detective. Um, two men, like there's a detective, and there's like this, I think the relative of one of his victims. They both are trying to go after him. So this so he's married to a new family now. So he's yeah. married to this new mom. Uh, and there's a daughter. And that's the thing with these stories. They always make these leads that you really care about. Because like there's this daughter, you think, oh, no, she's going to die. You know, so you have to really, you get so invested in them, you know. Right, so right. Mom, um, she's not seeing it. Like the daughter knows the guy's off, but the, the mom's not seeing it. She's like in denial because, you know, she loves her new man. This stuff happens all the time with families. <laughs> so then, <laughs> and there we found it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the whole thing. So like then uh, there's the detective who's like, um, trying to hunt down this guy. He's in the know. Then there's like the relative of the last victim. So, so it's kind of, I really like that movie because again, I'm going to give a spoiler, but it's really set up like you would expect, especially movies of that time where this heroic man comes in and saves this woman and it's like the hero. And you really think that's what's going to happen. But the guy kills both the men. So it's like this really like unexpected thing. 
And in the end, it's like the mom who has to realize who her husband is and she has to be, she's the one who ends up killing him because she's the oh. one who has to get, like, you know, so it's, to me, it was super empowering because like, you can't wait for a man to save you, you know, and there was no, yes. and these women saved themselves, the mother and daughter at the end. So I, oh. I love that movie. It's so great. And I, so there's something cathartic about just seeing women kill their husband or their men. <laughs> men you know? like some <laughs> terrible dude. Just there is something cathartic about just some Very woman. Cathartic. There was like a dirty, hairy movie where um, there was where uh, Kurt Clint Eastwood is chasing the serial killer. And it's this woman who just shoots guys in the dick. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> right. They're they're rapists and she finds them and she just shoots them and kills them. <laughs> And they bleed out. And then there was there was just one. Wasn't there just um, wasn't there just one where there was a woman who she was going to be a doctor and instead she pretends to be drunk. And um, and then guys who seem like the nicest guys are like, I'll help you home. And then they start undressing her. And she's she's not drunk. So she literally in the trailer, I never watched it, but in the trailers, all of a sudden, Stone Cold Sober, she's saying to this very beautiful young man, look looking like the nicest guy in the world. She goes, What are you what are you doing? And then he keeps, she's like, Don't worry about it. And she goes, in a stone cold sober voice, she goes, What are you doing? And then I don't know if she kills them or if she blackmails them or if she does something else to them. But whatever the fuck this movie was, it looked terrifying and right up your alley. Raja, <laughs> right up your alley. Oh. a South Korean movie called um, Sympathy for Lady, Lady Vengeance, okay. where this woman just kills like an entire pedophile ring. She's like murders all of them, like bloody, a little bloody for me, but also very pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's murder of men. Right. It's not. Obviously, I was raised with Title Nine. I only know how to play volleyball. It's uh, I don't know how to mass. So but I will say that um, that but that's this is that's that genre where you are where women save themselves, you know, in a horror movie. That's kind of exciting. So now the next one is a classic. And people have explained this movie to me more than three times. I still don't remember what it's about. Is Jamie Lee Curtis in it? Yes, I very love Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> I love Jamie Lee Curtis. It's Halloween, the first Halloween. The first movie. Is it her first movie as well? Yes, yeah, her very first movie. Well, that's hilarious as well. <laughs> uh, what is it? Is it set at Halloween and somebody... And then there's scary. What happens? What is so Halloween about? So Okay, so Mike Myers, he's when he's a kid, he like murders his sister. When, when he's a, like a little kid, like eight years old or something. So they send him away. And he's like closed in an institution his whole life. And then he escapes. <clears throat> so he goes back to his hometown to go on a murder spree, basically. Revenge. <laughs> okay. So and then um, so Jamie Lee Curtis, she's a teenage babysitter. And okay. she's babysitting the kids. So she has to like save herself and the kids she's babysitting. Oh. Um, and she's such a great, such a strong. I know like it's kind of sad because all the leads being women in horror, it comes from a sexist place. But by accident, they made some really great female heroes you know in some of these right movies. and her acting is just so great and she makes the character so great and she's and i was a teenage babysitter so. right so was i <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah of course and uh there was money to be made oh, i was yes. i was willing to do it and um i would i would look for their art books that had nudes <laughs> anyway uh it was a it's a different time what <laughs> it was exactly the same anyway um 
But so, okay, so she has to save the kids and she does. And yes. who's the bad guy on Halloween? Mike, Mike Myers. And, and that's the name of the character? Yeah. That's hilarious. It just sounds <laughs> like it could have been anyone. Yeah, because yeah, he's just a random guy like living in the suburbs. Yeah. Tom Davis is our <laughs> bad guy. What? That's so weird. Okay. And but why are there a thousand Halloweens? Does Mike Myers live? Yeah, you know, the sequels are not very good. I'm going to be honest. That's <laughs> what I've heard. Sequels are never like that. It's very rare to get a really good sequel because after it's not the same people writing them. It just becomes like a thing for studios to make money. So there's a thousand sequels just for the studios to make money. Oh my God. <laughs> so, and it's it really is... strange. He goes to space. He does it. Like, it's just silly. <laughs> he goes to space. <laughs> yes. I don't really get into the sequels as much because I like I'm more into the story than the gore, you know. Right, right. Exactly. Um, okay. What is the haunting? The thing that we talked about already? The haunting on the hill, or is that a different haunting? Yeah, the haunting is a is so the there's a um book called Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. By Eleanor Jackson. It's actually a really great movie. And then uh so the haunting is actually a movie based on that book. It's an old black and white horror. But then the haunting of Hill House is like a Netflix series, but it's very, ah. it's very loose, loosely related to the da- okay. Yeah. So the movie, the haunting, mm-hmm. what was that about? So this, um, there's like a it's it's, people, it's that people it's the same sort of premise. The kids grow up and they got to go back and face. Oh no, there's no kids in this one. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so there's this so the, the main character Eleanor. She's very um, she's like this very like repressed uh, kind of young woman at that time. And she's always taking care of her mother and nobody lets her have any freedom. You know, like she gets treated bad, but she's not married, you know, especially in that the time that it was written. OK, she's kids and she's treated like poorly by her family. And then she gets she was somehow had like some paranormal experience in her childhood. So there's this doctor, fake doctor, like pseudo doctor, pseudo scientist who wants to do like a research study about paranormal. So this is famously haunted uh, mansion. So he invites all these people who were linked to some sort of paranormal activity as children to this place to investigate the house. So they go, she goes, so she runs away. She steals the family car and drives off. And it's like first, finally, like her big adventure away from her family. And okay. But then it doesn't end well for her because. <laughs> <laughs> well, because she, uh, and when was the book written? Do you know when the book was written? And when the year. movie it's was old. Um, let me see. I can look it up real quick. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh and then when was the movie made? These are my questions. Oh, because... Shirley Jackson. I'm sorry. The author is Shirley Jackson. Okay. So The Haunting, the book. It's a good book, too. Oh, the book was good as well? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's too many things called The Haunting. Yeah. Uh, so The Haunting of Hill House book. Oh, The Haunting of Hill House, Shirley Jackson. Yeah, Shirley Jackson. That's the one. Uh, okay. And then I'm see. Let me see the haunting movie when that was made. Somebody spelt it the hauntings. <laughs> anyway, it wasn't me. Um, somebody is right now going. You could look this up later. Or they're also <laughs> saying this was clearly published in originally published in 2020. That can't be right. No, that's not right. <laughs> that's for the, from the Netflix series, I think. It's, I have to say that the idea that this woman is essentially she's being punished for going away from her responsibility of being her aging parents uh, doormat. And oh, that, the, the, the movie's from 1963. 
Okay, the movie's from 63. So the book was written at least 10 years earlier, five years earlier. Okay, so this is some sort of weird spinstery kind of uh, punishment for this woman running away. So what did you like about that story? I think it's the psychological aspect of it, because the house is, you don't know if the house is haunted or if it's something she's seeing. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, it is really haunted. Shirley Jackson did say it was actually haunted. So she wasn't uh, imagining it, but people thought she was. Right. But it was more like, uh, it was kind of, it's a sad story because um, she's somebody who's very oppressed and how the that experience, she felt so connected to this house. Um, right. Because of like everything she's been through. So it's a very sad story. It ends in a bad way because she like dies at the end, whatever. Spoiler. Does she just die <laughs> at the end or do they all die? No, just her. Just- <laughs> What, what about the scientist who made this horrible thing happen where everybody's like, come but, on. Yeah, he's oh, the, man. He's the man always live. He's a terrible the man. Men live. <laughs> terrible the terrible man, man always live, you know? <laughs> that, that, is, uh, that is another crazy ass lesson. Um, it makes me want to go into the people who write the, write the horror. Like you're writing it. Mm-hmm. And will you write it to process? Yeah. Is it? In the first story I wrote, um, even my short film, uh, it's like with the my, my my poor mom. She's always having to hear things. I make I do a lot of jokes about her. It's on my album. Everything. She's sure. being very patient with my art. <laughs> right. And you're like, you did the best you could. Sometimes it wasn't great. Uh, I have parents too. Everyone has parents. Guess what? She had parents who yes. probably did the best they could, and it yes. wasn't great. No. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's like a teenage girl and a mother driving, and it's like, it's, so if I would say, like, what the story's really about, it's like a contentious relationship between the mother and daughter. Um, So more like the daughter. Say and- that again, my 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 headphones. I don't uh, know if so you could tell. It, yeah. If I say what the story's about, like the drama portion of it that, um, you know, the, the real story would be that there's a contentious relationship between the mother and daughter, but okay. the mother is not kind with her words. And like, in a way, the daughter wants to get back at her mom. Ah. Uh, in the story, yeah. you know, the daughter, mother and daughter are driving, the mother goes to, they're fighting because the mom's, you know, not realizing that her words are hurtful. Like, often happens, people don't intentionally, intend to hurt their kids, but they do, you know. Are you okay? <laughs> 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 yeah. There's a lot of things happening with my headphones here. And I kind of love the fact that you're like, you know, sometimes parents hurt children with their words and they don't know it. And I wrote a story. And then what happens? So, Is there a demon? Is there a serial killer? Is there? So the mother goes to, to use the restroom. She stops uh, and uses the restroom. It's late at night in the dark in the woods. And we like filmed it in um, River Park, but it looks like the woods. And then so the mother comes back and suddenly the mother is really nice as soon as she gets back and she starts driving. Oh. And then the daughter gets scared. Like, is that who is that? Because that person's nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word. <laughs> you know, I based it on something, too, with my own mom. When yeah. her mom called me and she was being really nice. Like really sweet and I'm proud of you and I love you and, and I was like are you dying I got so scared right turns out Jackie she was um, diagnosed with something and she thought she might have been dying and that's why she was being really nice so she had to have this big surgery it was terrifying but I knew exactly when she was being nice to me I was like my mom's dying like I got scared you know then uh, she had a surgery it was very successful everything was fine and you know how I know she called me started yelling and I was like oh you're okay oh 
that's where that story would come from. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I knew she called me one day. She just started yelling for no reason. I was like, I live on the other coast on the other side of the country. We haven't seen each other in like a month. I had talked to you yesterday. You weren't mad yesterday, but you're mad today. What could have happened that made you mad? It's like, I know you're feeling better. (laughs) Yeah. My father is there's, there's okay. So my dad will sometimes talk about uh, the nature of he's like, I'm going to church tomorrow. Going to take communion. And I was like, well, good luck, dad. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I think it'll help. And then some days he's like, yeah, I don't want to go. I don't want to sit through church. Uh, and I'm like, I take it you're not, you're feeling pretty healthy today, 86. <laughs> and because uh, it's always when he doesn't, like he doesn't feel well. And he, he changed fundamentally when he almost, he'd almost died like three times. They, he had open heart surgery and they fucked it up and they had to open him up two more times. Mm-hmm. And he, everyone was like, Oh, he is dead now. This is a dead person. He was like 78 or 79. It's like seven years ago. And he lived. He lived and he lived and he lived. And uh, and then he was so nice. Uh, and I I knew when like he was like three months into recovery, and I was like, he may still die. I want to have him on the dork forest. So we recorded a dork forest, my father and I. And I wanted his dorkdom to be about sales because he's a sales guy and he loves sales. I don't think I realized until that dork forest that absolutely everything in my father's life, every interaction with humanity is sales. He is selling himself to you, to a lady, to a person at a register, to uh, his doctor, to his nurse, to a guy on the bus, to a, to a dude uh, asking for money on the street. It literally doesn't matter who he's talking about or to he is, that is a mark. That is someone that he is. And so he was explaining to me, about um his girlfriend in the 60s and he was separated from my mother from 60 i think would have been 69 to 72 and he was talking about his girlfriend in 1967 and i was like you know dad i don't i don't like the math on that and he said something that i knew he was going to live because he said well it's not my fault that's the math And I'm like, no, it's specifically your fault. I don't know where that recording is. I was so angry about that. I got so mad at him that I literally it's on a hard drive somewhere and I should probably look for it because it's he's going to die one day and I'm going to want to post it. Uh, But I couldn't I couldn't stand it. I was so furious. Uh, But uh, we could write it would be it would be a weird thing if he came back and he was like, you know, I'm really sorry for the different things that have happened in your life that I may have been responsible for. I would be like, Oh, did you, are you possessed by someone else? Are you a scroll? What happened? Uh, yeah, that's banana land. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So processing that kind of stuff. Yeah. You could do anything. Mm-hmm. You could write about anything. And then what, would it be, do you like the idea of possession? Do you like the idea of serial killers or do you, or do you like? Usually I'm not a big serial killer movie person in general, just because the gore, but if it's a good story, I like anything, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what I've written. Um, I think I like not serial killer, more like um, 
like the ghost thing or like uh, uh, creature features or okay things. Okay, there was uh, there was a short story that actually if they turned it into a horror film, I, I wouldn't it might be the kind of horror film that you would like. It's about a family that's just traveling kind of like uh, Chevy Chase's vacation movies, except for that. And the family's the worst, right? Yeah. The grandmother is a fucking nightmare and she will not stop. And um, they hear on the radio that uh, a, a serial killer has escaped from the local uh, prison. And of course, that guy who's chained to another guy, because it was written in the 50s, um, find this family and they they killed uh, they, they killed the whole family. Like the serial killer and the guy. And it's a Flannery O'Connor short story called A Good Man is Hard to Find. And there's a line in it from the serial killer guy, because the guy that's chained to him was like, we should have killed that old woman first. She was just a pill. And uh, the serial killer guy said, this is an amazing sentence. He said, she's she wasn't so bad. She would have been okay if there would have been someone to kill her every day of her life. It really like because she turned into the nicest person once she knew she was going to (laughs) die. And it was such a weird I mean, that's the kind of that's the kind of horror that you kind of like where you're like, what are we learning from this? Yeah. Yeah. Capitalism is bad. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think some of the zombie movies have that that kind of story. Mm -hmm. And what about you like zombie movies, too? Yeah, I do love them. Did you see that one in the mall, the famous one with the with the zombies in the mall that was supposedly about capitalism? The, the, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Uh, and then that was. But yes, I did see a couple of times. It's super famous. Very good, and yeah. everyone is like, Jackie, you should. Yeah. And uh, uh, and then the last one on your list. And we're we're, we're cruising here <laughs> is The Bride of Frankenstein. Yes, I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. I've only seen Young Frankenstein, which oh. is a Mel Brooks version. Yeah. <laughs> what is The Bride of Frankenstein? What is so that? It's, um, it's like the sequel to Frankenstein. <laughs> so that's the biggest. Is it? <laughs> so Frankenstein, I love them. Frankenstein's so interesting because the first book, um, it's a good story, but it's very much a story of that time where it's like, don't play God is the moral, whatever. Okay. A Frankenstein is, I really like that one because it's very sensitive, but the story is like, so this mad scientist who made um, Frankenstein, he makes him a bride. Why? Because he just can't meet a nice girl who can't see past his, the scar on his head? (laughs) (laughs) These women, they're so stuck up. They all want living Bitches, man. (laughs) And uh, you're just like, what is happening? Anyway, I don't know why I've been swearing so much in this episode, but there we go. I'm doing it for two, you guys. Anyway, by the way, I'm talking with Roger Michael. Find her album. It's called Brownie Points. She has a, a scary movie called Short called Bonding. It's on YouTube. So if you look up the words uh, Raja Michael uh, or Brownie Points and Bonding, all three of those, none of them, I'll put them in the notes. Mm-hmm. You'll find it on YouTube. Good luck. Okay. So Bride of Frankenstein. Okay. So Bride of Frankenstein. So he makes her uh, him a bride. So he's a, a naturally very happy to have a bride and the bride doesn't like him. She rejects him. <laughs> <laughs> she can do better. Yeah, she's like, no thanks. There's other dead men out there for me. I don't need you. I need dead men to see. No thanks. So then he like he kind of ends up running away. Okay. 
And um, so, he, of course, he's Frankenstein. He's always misunderstood, right? So people always think he's a monster, but he's not. Yeah. So, like, in Frankenstein, it's interesting because he's not really the horror part. It's the townspeople, other people who come after him because oh, he's okay. different. Yeah. Uh, so he's really not the villain. It's like this, the town who thinks he's a monster who want to kill him. That's the villain, of, usually, of this, the Frankenstein stories. Okay. So then he makes a friend with friends with the blind man. And, uh, right. Yeah, and, you know, the filmmaker, he was a gay man living in that time, you know, and... So I think a lot of the story is very um, much about being misunderstood and people like society being marginalizing you and coming after you, you know, so him and this man, they become very close. Um, and I guess because of the time, you know, it's really hard to know exactly what. Yeah, it's the time. Everything's very censored, but like yeah. they, they become very close. a very intimate relationship is very beautiful relationship. Uh, and then the townspeople come and they like take him away from there, you know, and he loses like his one friend. Um, oh. so it's like a very sad story, um, a beautiful story, really, very tragic. So it has this beautiful drama of like this character they forbidden in, love, and, yeah, yeah, and misunderstood also, dude, yeah, yeah. You know, he wants he people don't see him as a as a someone with feelings because he's different. You know, um, he's always being marginalized. So that was right. The, that's the story that I really like. That story It's very sad though, like it's a tragedy. Yeah, it's like a very beautiful tragedy. Well, I have to ask the question, the hard questions. What happened to the bride? Did she get, is she just uh, wayside? They just, just yeah, took care of her mother? Her. I yeah. Like, I don't what, the bride. what happened to the bride? Yeah. What happens to the bride of Frankenstein when he, because the real story is Frankenstein runs away from home and finds a blind dude who likes him for himself. And they end up either having a relationship or just becoming friends. And then the townspeople are like, well, we can't have these two men living together right in our neighborhood. That'll be weird. Uh, what will the children say? And, they, and, and uh, they ruin that relationship. You know, they yeah. want to be together. And does he, is Frankenstein destroyed in the end or is he go back to uh, Dr. Frankenstein? I'm trying to remember. And, there was another sequel after that. So I think it's all blurred up whether or not he lives or dies for me. Cause then after there's like son of Frankenstein after that. Uh, weird. I think it was bride of Frankenstein. That was the best one for me. That, and it's so funny because I've seen the clip for bride of like Frankenstein with the bride, of course. Mm -hmm. And then it's it's weird to me that he's like does he go back home and and just like try to and is there some pedant out there right now going well you know the doctor's name is frankenstein the monster doesn't have a name and did he have a name was he called frankenstein uh, i think he was called i forgot what he's called no i don't think he had a name yeah he yeah. might just been called the monster maybe because the, the townspeople not sensitive it turns out not yeah. sensitive <laughs> It wasn't a very welcoming community. They were not very progressive. <laughs> <laughs> a little right wing right. village. Right, little right wing village who wanted who weren't allowed to let perfectly peaceful couple live their lives out. Um uh, okay. Well, I mean, those are the ones that I've got that you wrote down. So um what are you writing now? Are you writing more more scripts? Are you thinking about shooting again? Yeah, I definitely want to. I wrote a short film, another short film that I want to shoot. It's just hard to get the budget. They're just expensive to make. Yeah. And then, uh, I wrote one uh, like a like a mockumentary type just to keep the like a featured lens, but mockumentary to keep it uh, less expensive. Right. Yes. Keep it easier to support. So uh, but and that's a haunted house uh, story. It's very like um, I wanted to do like a haunting meets Scooby-Doo, like funny, but little. You know, oh, like good. Yeah, yeah. But, 
Because, you know, I, I am a good joke writer. Cause I, right, because uh, it turns out Roger uh, Michael can also write funny things. And, uh, <laughs> yes, I will right. say I just did uh, a new special, but it's a mockumentary special. Right. It's not really a special. It's I looked into the ass camera of a Mazda 6 and told car jokes. It's called Looking Back. It's 10 minutes of me with a lav and somebody else with like a with a camera pointed at the uh, a Mazda six in reverse. And then I, I hired someone to keep their foot on the brake so that uh, they wouldn't, it wouldn't be a snuff film. And I'm just going to put it on YouTube. Right. And then cut it up into it's 10 minutes. So it's kind of perfect for TikTok. Yes. And uh, who knows? I don't, you know, and, but it, and it, I wanted it to be cheap. But also more stand-up comedy. There's no audience. There's a couple of laughs from the from the the team that I hired, so I wouldn't die. Uh, so <laughs> Kyle Clark uh, shot the the footage, and he wanted to do a three car camera shoot where it would be like a the Mazda six, and then somebody else's Prius, and then somebody else's SUV, and it would just be different cars. That would have been funny. Uh, I get it. That's cool, though. I love it. I love when things are a little different because everything traditional is just so hard to do and so expensive to do. It's nice um, it's almost like they made it that way, the bastards. Okay. <laughs> so what are are you do you have any stand up stuff to, to plug uh, uh, in moment, July no. or August? Uh, no, not right now. I was I was focusing on writing. I took a little break from stand up, but I'll get back to it. Uh, OK. Soon. Yeah. Yeah. So if you go to her Instagram, it's mostly dogs. Mostly my but, dog. <laughs> yeah. Right here. There we go. There's there's your dog. There's her cone. You can see her cone up here. You see her cone. <laughs> oh, buddy. Uh, Roger Michael one two three R A J A M I C H A E L one two three, and uh, and go find that short uh, because I know a bunch of you really like horror and that'll be super fun. But thank you so much for doing the show, Roger. For having me. This was so fun. Yay! And Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. Can you hear the birds, Andy? Barely. Hi, Adele. How was the show? <laughs> We're going to try this, where I talk to you after the show, like I used to do when there was an app. We used to do it like this, yes. I used to say, hi, Adele, how was the show? And then I would say it was fascinating, and in this case, kind of terrifying. Oh. Raja Michael, R-A-J-A-M-I-C-H-L. Okay. And she likes horror movies, but she mm -hmm. likes horror movies for a very, very specific reason. And it's because she has, um, like, she figures out it's a way to deal with whatever she's terrified about. Like, the first thing that happened, she used to have this thing where she... Um, like she uses it as therapy. A little bit of therapy, okay. right? Okay. Because when she was when she was terrified of something, the women who live <laughs> in right, these right, things... Right. Um, have stood up to their fears. It's true. Right. And uh, the first one was Nightmare on Elm Street. And the way Wes Craven wanted to originally end it, that's how she stopped having nightmares when she was 10. Oh. She turned, she said, I'm not afraid of you, and turned around, which I guess is one, it's not the last scene because they love, the studio loved the show so much, the movie so much, they wanted there to be a sequel. Mm -hmm. So at the end implies that he was not. He was not banished. Oh, I see. So I never saw it. I, I did when I was in high school and I barely remember it. Right. So she, there was like, um, 
Hereditary. She said she won't be watching that again. Uh, too <laughs> scary. The stepfather. She said what one of the things is they're they're like they're women who save themselves because men can't save them. Right. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's pretty great. Bride of Frankenstein. She couldn't remember how it ended, and I've never seen it. I um, I don't know. I don't remember how it ends either. Well, the way she described it, it's not about Fr- Bride of Frankenstein. It's about Frankenstein. She doesn't like him. Like uh, Frank. By the way, Frankenstein, Na- name of the scientist, not the name of the monster. <laughs> <laughs> but she said that it was, um, he runs away because she doesn't like him. And she find, he finds a blind friend who does like him. Right. And then the township thinks they're gay. We don't know what? that that's what, yeah, that would... <laughs> Well, that that scene was parodied in uh, in Young Frankenstein. Remember? Oh, I do vaguely remember that. <laughs> I forgot about that. That it was entirely that he does. Because when she said that, I was like, "Oh, I remember him meeting the blind guy." You remember Frankenstein? I remember Young Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> well. It's a great episode, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Let's try and do this maybe every episode. We'll see what happens. If I'm on the road, then I'll get to see you. Yes. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?